0: Talking Books, on new song 106-108. And
1: it's easy for us now to forget the centuries in which Christianity was at war with itself, uh, whether in the suppression of heresy within states or in wars of religion between states. Christianity in its various forms was extremely toxic. And people like Locke were trying to argue a case for saying that states, political societies, should be tolerant of religion. And his is a classic text that argues that. But then we come to the slipperiness or we come to the difficult crunch of what and where are the limits of that. Now, Locke is quite clear that whatever your beliefs, or whether you have very little belief, or whether you're Jewish or Muslim or Christian or whatever, then the state has no business poking into your beliefs and your practice and your worship. But the only ground on which the state can interfere is to protect individuals, the citizens of the state. Let me just give you a little example from Christian religion. Um, There have been one or two cases in the United States where very deeply committed Christians have murdered abortion doctors. They believe that they are doing God's work in doing so. But of course the state and the political society, civil society, holds that that is murder. And it's no good pleading your religious conscience in that case, because the state will step in and say, uh, we'll draw the line there. So any time a religion produces a principle that fundamentally violates the principles of a civil society, then the state will want to step in.
2: Silence can be either protest or consent but most times it's fear. The compelling words of American writer, teacher, and poet, Paul Beatty, from his 2016 Man Booker award-winning novel, The Sellout, published by One World Publications. Hello, how are you? And you're very welcome to Talking Books. I'm Susan Cahill. It's great to have your company this evening. Well, on tonight's show, we're going to meet with two hugely talented writers and thinkers one a novelist and poet, the other an historian and political theorist, and tackle some of the big questions in public life. First up, it's satire, segregation, and political correctness with Paul Beatty. Paul Beatty is the first American writer to win the Man Booker Prize for his stunning fourth novel, The Sellout, a fast-paced, hilarious, kick-ass satire about US racial politics and all the dirty, ugly, messy stuff in between. Now, comic genius does not come close to describing this writer's gift for satire. Well, this week, I had the very great pleasure of talking to Paul Beatty from his home in New York.
0: Hi, uh, my name's Paul Beatty. uh my novelist, a uh, reluctant poet, uh, I live in New York, born in Los Angeles. I'm going to read the opening paragraph of The Sellout. This may be hard to believe coming from a black man, but I've never stolen anything, never cheated on my taxes or at cards, never snuck into the movies or failed to give back the extra change to a drugstore cashier indifferent to the ways of mercantilism and minimum wage expectations. I have never burgled a house held up a liquor store, never boarded a crowded bus or subway car, sat in a seat reserved for the elderly, pulled out my gigantic penis, and masturbated to satisfaction with a perverted, yet somehow, crestfallen look on my face. But here I am, in the cavernous chambers of the Supreme Court of the United States of America. My car illegally and somewhat ironically parked on Constitution Avenue. My hands cuffed and crossed behind my back. My right to remain silent long since waved and said goodbye to as I sit in a thickly padded chair that, much like this country, isn't quite as comfortable as it looks.
2: Paul, really well done on the book, The Sellout. It's a remarkable read. It's very um, uncomfortable in parts, hilarious in other parts. It's very clever. It's very daring. It's a lot of different things, and I'm sure it will mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Mm. I might throw you a big wide-open question, start off with. What does the history of America mean to you?
0: (laughs) That's a a big question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... um Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the history means a lot of things, you know, at different times. And I think part of it is there's so much history that, you know, that most people don't know. And there's so much history that I don't know. And there's a ton of history that we know and we just are completely uncomfortable with, you know, that we refuse to acknowledge, you know. And, um, I mean, I don't think that's, you know, germane to just America. I think it's how, you know, we treat history, especially in the Western world. So, yeah, I mean, it means a lot, you know, but it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's just like the news cycle. It's, you know, there's something that's of concern for three days, and then there's something new, you know, that, you know, is bothering you for three days, and you forget, like, there's not much follow-up to American history, I guess. So it's hard for things to stay with, you know.
2: Now, the novel touches on some very uncomfortable truths in American history, like segregation. Um, I suppose issues related about identity politics and culture. Yeah. How difficult is that to write as a novelist? Because you're touching on history, you're touching on contemporary culture. And given the last few years in American life, when we've had some very difficult issues in relation to race politics, it must have been very challenging, was it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's challenging. I mean, it's it's not the, the subject matter that's challenging. For me, it's just the writing that's challenging. You know, it's the for me, it's the challenge of just, uh, you know, getting these, you know, my insane thoughts that don't make any sense to me, those on the page, and try to keep the, the level of confusion, but try to have some clarity about it. <laughs> so that part's tough. I mean, when I say the subject matter is not challenging, I don't want to, like, discount that, because it is, and I, I know these are things that people are sensitive about, and I'm sort of sensitive about them, but, you know, I think, you know, I start off by kind of ridiculing myself, you know, as a person, you know, as a pseudo intellectual, as a, as a bunch of things, you know, so that's where I start, you know? Yeah. You know, then I have like certain idealists and concepts and constructs that I just want to poke fun at and turn upside down. And I know like some of those things are going to make people uncomfortable, but, uh, I think sometimes people are uh, relieved, not, it's not the word, but uh, yeah, maybe it's relief, but are you know, just excited that somebody else is thinking about these things in these kind of roundabout ways and underhanded ways, I guess. and I don't know. I mean, people come back and they're just, I'm so glad you're talking about X, Y, and Z in this way. You know, cause, you know, yeah, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard for me to talk about, to be honest. I'm, I'm not very good at being succinct about what it is that I do.
2: I loved the Dum Dum Donut Intellectual Club and some of the meetings <laughs> um, yeah. that Bon Bon attends and they're absolutely hilarious but how far can you actually go?
0: I mean I think anyone can go as far as they want to go you know I mean that's the thing I try to do in this book is I try you know I think I always try to do it but um, I don't let somebody tell me or let myself tell myself that you know I can't go there you know I go there to the end that it, it serves the, the needs of the story I want to tell you know and so that's you know, I, I try to write without any boundaries. Not that I don't have them, but, you know, I try to at least pretend that I don't. And, um, you know, in things like the dumb, dumb donut intellectuals, it's, you know, America is a place that takes it so very seriously and it's so insecure and there's, it's a place that doesn't have a ton of irony about itself. And so I have fun just testing that out, you know, and I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, I, and I think I just have a problem with institutions and uh, people that take themselves seriously, even though I know I, I can do that, you know, with myself sometimes, and so, you know, I don't want to say they're easy targets necessarily, but... um. There are things that I enjoy, you know, especially the the intellectual class. I just, I enjoy this, uh, what's the, the UK phrase? Taking the piss, I guess.
2: You brought up in your acknowledgements a guy called William E. Cross. Yeah. He's, he was a psychologist. He, he did some work in relation to black identity yeah. development. I think it was the Negro to Black Conversion Experience. Yeah. I looked him up on the internet and it's a, a very interesting stage process. I'm just wondering, reintroducing uh, segregation and having the idea of black slavery, do you think by tackling that in fiction in some way that we can actually properly look at it again?
0: Yeah, I don't know about properly. I don't know what that Do you think means. think we can really?
2: actually properly look at it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, it's not going to be proper for everybody involved. You know, for some people, it's going to be traumatic, you know. And, you know, I, I came across that, that you know, his work when I was in grad school in psychology. And for me, it was it was just so interesting to see somebody taking identity, which is a huge part of, you know, psychology, and then trying to, you know, kind of codify it to his own needs. And so, and it was just like this ingenious way of looking at blackness that I completely, I can't say I completely disagreed with it, but, you know, I don't have like these kind of hierarchical things about, a, you know, I guess when I was in school, the, the word that people used to throw around was consciousness all the time. Yeah, of course, I'm doing psych. But this notion of when somebody becomes consciousness, who determines when you've become conscious, was always intriguing to me. And, you know, and there's um, it's a lot of judgment in that, you know, to, to claim that someone's, you know, doesn't think the same way you do. And then is, um, at some level is, you know, thinking on a lesser order. And so that was just always interesting to me. But it was just interesting to see someone take the notion of black identity seriously and... You know and I hadn't looked at it in a long time, but then, in the process of writing the book, I went to you know look at some of his later work and it was just interesting how his own notions of what blackness meant had just changed over time and then for me, it's like one of those things about just how fluid you know identity is one's own identity and 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 I think the things that sometimes feel more inert is like our perceptions of the identity of others just sometimes seem to be really intransigent. And it's just interesting for me
2: yeah you tackle stereotypes in a big way all different types of uh, cultural stereotypes in the book and it got me yeah. thinking that you know there are the white stereotypes there are the black stereotypes but you also get well in gender uh, gender roles and so on yeah. we're all in some way playing to a stereotype it's just that we are possibly in some ways that there is an uncomfortable history to play with here yeah. and um, so that layers so much that makes it so loaded does it
0: yeah yeah, no I mean it's you know these, like, these are artefacts that we're I think we're all familiar with, you know, at some level. And I think, yeah, I don't want to say that they're all the same, you know. And and so for me, I always have, like, a, a lot of fun just kind of turning these things inside and out. And they're absurd, but at some level they're so genuine. And we just kind of forget, like, who we are sometimes or who we can be. And, yeah, and so I just kind of try to put these characters in situations where, they're kind of almost making fun of themselves at the same time, you know, and embracing things that are uncomfortable about their histories, about their identity, but are nevertheless there. You know, there's this character, Hominy, in the book, who's like this quintessential, I don't know, in the States we'd call him a quintessential coon. But there's something about in his self-hatred, and his self-analysis, that uh, I think is in all of us, you know, because I think a lot of the stuff in the States, you know, happening around Trump is this kind of weird kind of collective self hatred I think and this collective insecurity and this collective sense of not being comfortable with uh their own identity. And I don't know how many's not so different in a in a weird way. And then it you know, on the other side is in some ways he's the he's the smartest and the bravest person in the book at the same time, you know, and um yes, I don't know. I, yeah, you know, role playing that role playing's not the right word, but you know, the you know our societal roles you know, I think a lot of this comes out of my psych background. And, uh, and I, I just love teasing these things out, you know, who belongs where. You know, some of the book is about how do you navigate Los Angeles. And Los Angeles is a, is a city that who you are, what you look like, what you drive, you know, is so much about your identity, how you see yourself, how others see, others see you. And, uh, and it's also a city that, you know, kind of self-segregates, like, you know, you grow up learning, oh, I can't cross this street for any number of reasons. So it's it's an interesting way of, like, how you also police yourself, you know, and, 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 and kind of, you know, build your own fences about where you can trespass and where you can't. And so the book's about that in some
1: ways.
2: You have a lovely line about closure in the book. And you you were comparing, you know, how we look at our history and what's happened in our own personal narratives yeah. or lives. And you compared the idea of closure to erasure. And you say the problem with closure is that once you have a taste of it, you want it in everything um, or every bleeding aspect of your life. And it's yeah. very, very true. But we can't ever really have total closure.
0: Yeah I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe death or something. I don't know. But even that... Total closure, I think, in a lot of ways, yeah, no i i it's um you know it's one of those words and one of those concepts that we have been you know socialized to believe in in a weird way, and you know, I think people want closure about things that make them feel uncomfortable, so you know some people want closure about race because they're just tired of talking about it, it makes them feel uncomfortable and You know, Obama's president, hence it's done. You know, Theresa May's prime minister, hence we don't need to talk about these things anymore. You know, and it's, you know, closure serves a purpose.
2: It's so bloody appealing, but yeah. you know, it's um, when you think when you think it through, it's so unbelievably unrealistic. Yeah. When I read the book, it, I was going through a pretty tough time, and I had a house flood and a roof falling in on me, mm. and I was feeling like the world was really kicking in at me mm. in some way. So reading the out and you know, it's got a lot of energy, and it's got a lot of bite, and as I said earlier, there's lots of uncomfortable moments in it, but it is quite a tonic in, in another way because you're really putting it to the reader, and you're you know you're you're really going hard at it. Uh, which is very refreshing in these politically correct times. Yeah. And you write, right, people eat the shit, you shovel them. Mm. I laughed my head off, but it's true, <laughs> isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's often, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's, it's hard not to go day to day with having just, you can't, it's hard to question everything, you know. And, um, yeah, it just reminds me of these old Preston Sturgis movies where he's always talking about, like, art versus commerce and, you know, and just, like, these are just things that I think about, and it's hard for me to, you know, put everything in there, but I, I try. I mean, we, we I know one of our problems is that, you know, we adapt sometimes so easily, and we just, we accept things so easily. God, I'm sounding like some kind of anarchist from the 19-teens or something, but, you know, and and every now and then you kind of realize that, you know, you don't want to adapt, you don't fit in or you're pretending. And sometimes you have to make a decision about, you have to make a decision about what to do. It's like we were talking about consciousness earlier. And there's a thing about, you know, I think it's different for everyone, but it's when you feel yourself becoming conscious, it it puts some choices in front of you that aren't aren't very easy about, you know, do you fight back? Do you acquiesce? Uh, (laughs) Do you just know and you, you know, you swallow it and and you were talking about like you know this these changing times and and the and times are changing but the all this stuff has been there you know and for whatever reason it's you know bubbled to the surface you know this hatred this insecurity this fear this anger none of it's new but you know every now and then there things happen and you feel like you have to start taking sides and and i think one of the things that might be happening in the states is people are conscious that they might have to start taking sides you know there're plenty of people who know what side they're on but um it's also the notion of, beyond taking sides, you might have to take some action. And very few people do. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I'm sorry I'm rambling.
2: I might throw you a philosophical <laughs> question if it's yeah, okay. Well, do you think America will ever become a post-race society? Do you nah, think I mean, that actually, what, it does, like, just does, what, does, does, <laughs> whatever the word means in its own right, do you think that can ever exist? Yeah, I, I don't know. I
0: mean, I don't think things become post-anything ever, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, it's not about just race necessarily. It's about post-anything. I mean, you know, it's it's like looking is the UK still royalist at some level, you know? It's uh yeah, these things stay with us for a long time and they manifest themselves in ways that we don't always recognize, you know? I mean, you know, people are are, are not very nice to each other. God, I sound like a simpleton, which I can be, but you know, I, I, I think, you know, division is, is just a part of how we live life, yeah. you know. And the thing is, you know, thank goodness there are people who just don't tolerate it and who will discuss it and who fight back and or write poems about it, whatever they decide to do, you know, and, uh, you know, they they, they make us, you know, examine who we are and how we operate. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, who knows what will happen? And it depends what you mean by these things. I think part of it is these phrases get thrown out post-racial or like the the idea of what political correctness is or what feminism is. And these terms get hijacked and They get used in ways that are self-serving. And I sp-
2: yeah, and 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 it's it's thrown out in 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 lots of different ways. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, you're you're giving lots of different readings. You've you're the first American to ring, win the Booker Prize, yes. and I imagine life is very busy at the moment. But depending on what location you are in America or what suburb and what bookshop you're reading, you're going to either have a lot of black readers there or a lot of white readers there. And I'm wondering in what ways have people you rub people up in different ways because there's you know offense operates on so many different levels so i'm just wondering some people just don't want things put in their face
0: yeah well those people probably won't (laughs) (laughs) won't buy the book yeah i don't really think too much like i don't write i'm not writing to anyone you know and when i show up like the readings are different but it's not so much about black and white sometimes it's about um Age, it's about where, it's about what happened in the news beforehand. You know, just, I'm just happy to have people in there that are reading and thinking. And, you know, sometimes it's about the mood that I'm in. You know, I teach, and uh, I had an ex student write me this long email the other day, and he was thinking about the book and the part where the father is doing these social experiments on his son. And he was talking about when he first read it, like how he found it like just completely hilarious. You know, that's where he was operating from. But for him, since Trump's election, he said he reread the book, and, like, that scene means it's still funny but so serious now. Cause it he, quotes he, to it, doesn't it, He sees, oh, God, this guy's actually trying to protect his son, but he has no idea how to do it. Like, he's got this whole thing. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, it was nice to hear that because that's what I'm trying to do. It's like these two sides about, like, the book is funny and it's not funny, the book's serious and not yeah, serious. Yeah, so,
2: it, it, it's, it struck me as I was reading through, and as you progress through the novel, it's deeply sad in lots of different ways. Yeah. In some of the relationships and structures around those, there's a yeah. massive amount of emptiness
0: yeah. and loneliness. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, um, how do you describe the book? Because I'm sure all these critics have all these fancy labels that they throw at it and publishing press releases say that it's this yeah. but what is it to you because some of the words in it it's very very deeply poetic
0: yeah yeah so for me it's I, I just hope that it's really a good book I mean that's really all I try to do you know that's all I try to do is write something that's good and moving the rest of it is not it's I mean it's important to me you know I'm glad people respond to it but you know how they respond to it is it doesn't really matter to me you know but if they find it moving and good that's you know that's good enough for me